the whole galaxy gone crazy? What kind of a uniform is this? What's going on? Where's my personal guard? Imagine the technology we can find on that ship. Ours for the taking. <laughs> All right, Spock. Whatever your game is, I'll play it. The four of you will remain here in the brig and in custody until I discover how to return you to wherever it is you belong. Hello, and welcome to In Discovery We Trust, a Star Trek Discovery podcast. Today we will be discussing Despite Yourself, the back half season premiere of Star Trek Discovery. My name is Ethan, and I'm joined today by... Kevin. And let's get into it. We have had a lot of our uh, theories were either confirmed or not confirmed. Let's mm -hmm. not kid anyone. They were all confirmed. Uh, what did you think of this episode? Um, I will say that I have not enjoyed an episode of Trek probably this much since uh, Enterprise did the Mirror Universe. Yeah, and yeah. speaking of which, direct ties between Enterprise, Mirror mm -hmm. Universe episodes... And this episode. Which I was not expecting. And also Next Gen, because it is directed by Mr. Jonathan Frakes. Exactly. And a Riker himself. And I'll have more to say about his directing later. <laughs> um, it, it's We've already discussed this, but we both were very... I was very happy. You were very happy that was the connections being made boy. are directly to Enterprise. So, two things. I'm The first thing is I'm very surprised at how much love enterprise gets in the in you know recent trek with all the last three kelvin timeline movies and now this show i would say next to the original series this seems to be the one that gets the most attention out of all the other spinoffs right with star trek beyond being the most tied to enterprise which seems on the face of it perhaps obvious because there are only mm. really one show that this show can look right. back to which is enterprise because nothing else has well, happened yet and i thought because enterprise is, continues to be very polarizing i would think that you know within the command community that they would almost try to make us forget about it in, in some way right sort yeah. of like people expect the disney approach to the prequels will be. right but the other thing because i said two things the other thing is with this episode taking place in the mirror universe i thought to myself great you know it's in the mirror universe. I'm sure there'll be some maybe cute little reference to Enterprise or something like that. But the fact that they more or less made this a sequel to In a Mirror Darkly is what completely threw me for a loop. I was not expecting it to be this detailed. Right, because there's information that this crew is seeking that right. we know because we've we seen know. the Enterprise episode. We have. and but But what I like about this is that it doesn't rely on that episode. Because Burnham explains what happens in one sentence, as almost as a way to the viewers to say, "If you don't know about this, don't worry about it." Like how the ship, how this, how this ship, the Defiant, got here is not important. Right, and even so far as having the diagram of the Defiant, just to also show. Right. By the way, this is a Constitution class original series looking ship. Yes. Um, and well, before I get into the Defiant, you know, the design of it anyway. Because I know that that's there's a it's sort of an area of contention. I think maybe we should sort of recap how we got to this. Okay. So, for those who don't know, but I'm sure nobody, everybody does, this all goes back to the original series episode, the Tholian Web. Great episode. Epi it's a uh, season three. Um, the Enterprise is called on to f to search for their sister ship, the USS Defiant. It's sister Constitution class ship. And they find it. The crew is dead. The ship's adrift. It seems to be phasing in and out of space. And they go aboard to see what happens, to investigate. And the ship eventually vanishes with Kirk along with it. And they spend the crew spends the rest of the episode trying to rescue Kirk and figure out where he is. So they eventually rescue Kirk, but we never see the Defiant again. We never really know. We never really find out what happened to the Defiant in that episode. And I don't. They, I think they just say it phased out of our inner space. So we never really know what happened. So we come to find out later on, on Enterprise, that the Defiant rematerialized in the Mirror Universe a hundred years in the past. 
Mm. Which is which that which now puts it in line with where Enterprise is set. Only now it's in the mirror universe, and it's explained that the Tholians of the mirror universe have detonated a few tricobalt devices into some type of a star, star, creating a tear in space, and they send out a distress to kind of and they wanted to lure a ship from the other side, so they sent out a distress call, which is what the Defiant was answering, mm-hmm. and uh, that's essentially. You know why the ship was phasing in and out of space, and that weird—I guess it was causing a weird radiation, which caused the Defiance crew and the Enterprise crew eventually to sort of lose their minds and go crazy. Because when they found the Defiant, none of the crew was alive; they had seemed to murder each other. Right, right. So um, the fact that, and the fact that Burnham was able to explain all of that in one sentence, I thought was pretty awesome. But I love the fact that even though she was able to do that, those of us who have seen it know exactly what she's talking about. Right, and the the fun thing, the the thing I'm excited to see is that there now has to be some investigation on their part mm-hmm. where they go and they find more information about right. the Defiant. Yeah. Um, There's a bit of a, you know, a friend of mine who has never seen much of Enterprise and hasn't seen much of the original series, nothing related to this one. Mm-hmm. He asked me, he was like, do I need to see those? And I said, it's cool if you want to, definitely, but it's kind of a Rogue One approach. It's like, they talk about somebody stole the Death Star plans, but you don't have to see the Rogue One to see it happen, unless you want to, but this is kind of how I treat that. Yeah, you don't have to know the whole backstory. All you have yeah. to know is that there's a ship, and it was from the future. Right. Um, and it's very fun to see the backstory, because what happens is the mm-hmm. captain of the Enterprise winds up seeking the ship, knowing it's from right. 100 years in the future, knowing it will have superior firepower. Yep. He has to get his, wants to get his hands on it, because um, the thing about the mirror universe is that it's very much... Uh, like a fascist universe. It's all yeah. about war, struggle, power, yep. strength, dominance. Yep. Mm-hmm. So any advantage that you can get strength-wise, weaponry-wise, is yep. um, what anybody's going to go for. And I think that's why, now I'll get into it, why the Defiant herself, as seen in that diagram on the on the show, right away, you know, Eagle Eye fans will know it doesn't look exactly like the constitution class we've come to know and love from the original series. There are some slight modifications to it. Mm-hmm. And I've been perusing various Facebook comments, mostly message boards on this episode. And fans have gone nuts. They're like, oh my God, you know, they've redesigned the constitution class for, you know, discovery. It doesn't look right. And, you know, it's they're, they're ignoring canon and this and that and the other thing. Cool. And, but I, a couple things. Okay, it's just a couple things about this. So forgive me if I'm going to go on a rant here about this, but... yeah. We will get to the episode. We will get to the episode, but I just, I want to kind of get this out of the way first, is, you know, I can almost come up with an explanation for anything, being the kind of fan that I am. Me too. But you have to, you have to remember, when Enterprise ended, Hoshi was now the Empress, Empress Hoshi Sato. Hoshi being the communications communications officer officer on the Enterprise. Right. We are led to believe that the Defiant eventually becomes the Empress's vessel, and maybe even any Emperor or Empress that, that succeeds them. So... And look, the Defiant's been in this universe for a while. Who knows? We don't know if it's still around yet. And they've obviously made some modifications to it. They've added more to it. And I I would think that if this is going to be the ship of the Emperor or the Empress, it's got to be armed to the teeth. Yes. It looks like it may may have added some weaponry below the nacelles. And the thing is, like, we don't necessarily know if this is what a Constitution class of the Discovery time looks like. I mean, this could be this could be the Mirror Universe one. I mean, I know it's, it's you know, technically it should say ISS Defiant, if that's what they're looking at. But um, they're looking at it from a alien computer database, which they found early on in the episode. And it also puts in mind of... There's an episode of... Um, uh, Voyager, where the there's this alien race who uh, thinks that Voyager, you know, it takes place like hundreds of years in the future, and they think that Voyager is responsible for destroying their world and calling all the, ca- causing all this devastation. And through their historical records, Voyager is depicted as this like warship, and the crew is like savage. It's almost like it's the mirror universe version of what Voyager would be had they gone into the mirror universe. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's an alien database, just like this is from Discovery, and they're they don't, they're not depicting it correctly. That's mm-hmm. not what it actually was. Right. So, my kind of feeling on this, I know I'm going, I know I'm going a little off track here, but until we physically, if we do see the Defiant, I don't think that we need to lose our minds on how this, on how it looks just yet, and I don't think we have to think that that is a representation of what every Constitution class vessel is going to look like. 
Yeah, honestly, I saw it. I sort of noticed it looked a little bit different, but I didn't think twice about it or care that much. Yeah. Um, if it's relevant to the story, I expect that we'll see it. Mm-hmm. And if it's not relevant to the story, I expect we'll just be required to ignore it. And I'm fine with that, personally. Right. Yeah. Uh, I do hope that we see it. Yeah, because right now they need to get on board the Shenzo and get records of the Defined and figure out how it got there and see if they can use that information to get back. And, you know, like you, my hope is maybe, I hope we do see the Defiant. But it's 110 years or something like that later. So who's to know if that ship is even still in service? By that time, the ISS Enterprise that we see in Mirror Mirror could already be around. So, right, who knows? Yes, that's a good point. Um, so when we start off this episode, we pick right up the moment after the um, first half season finale ended. Right. And we're on the bridge. They've realized that they have jumped somewhere um, mm. unexpected. Yeah. And they're trying to make sense of it. Now, um, they pretty quickly come to the realization that they are in another universe. Right. Now, something I find very interesting is when they're trying to troubleshoot it, Burnham almost immediately suggests, um, well, we should look back at the log data and see what happened with our last jump. Perhaps something was misentered. Yeah. And um, Lorca immediately shuts that down. He says, "No, no, we can't waste our time looking at the lo- looking at the logs. Let's yeah. do this. Let's take this other." We talked action. about a few episodes ago that in that episode about that episode. Didn't we suspect that maybe he did that intentionally? It did. Like he did it on purpose. Seem potentially possible, and that did seem very suspicious. That yeah. the most obvious um, course of investigation to check the logs, mm. he immediately shut down. So that was interesting. Yeah. Definitely seems as though this is part of some plan of Lorca's. Yep. Remember, we have the motivation that he knows he's going to be relieved of command yeah. as soon as he gets back to that base. Right. Um, but I don't know that he... I wouldn't expect that he knew he was jumping into a mirror universe. An evil, no, fascist but, mirror But, you know, universe. I know that it's come up in the past that there's been these guesses that Lorca, this Lorca, is from the mirror universe. Yeah. Yeah. But... There isn't really much to back that up. It's just no, because he's acting all evil and savage. Yeah, and they, but th- that changed. That changed. Yeah. But given that this... The mirror universe's Lorca has supposedly died. Right. Perhaps he didn't die. Perhaps he, he did switch into yeah, the other. So it's still open. Yeah. It's still out there. It's a possibility, yeah. which is very interesting. Yeah. and But don't forget, mirror universe Discovery has switched places with this Discovery. As Saru has talked about it said it disappeared the moment we we appeared oh right so i'm wondering at some point are we gonna see what's going on with that other discovery yes yeah interesting i wouldn't expect so maybe just for a second but or unless we jump back and then we just see the aftermath i can see there being like a teaser and then we're like we're confused at first as an audience of what's going on then it turns out it's the actual yeah 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 they may try to like you know play with our heads for a moment there but yeah. Um, I have a thought about Mirror Universes that may go into the overthinking Mirror Universe category, but here's my thought. Mm. So, my theory is that the Mirror Universe must recreate itself anew. Well, this was my theory at first. It recreates itself anew every time anyone jumps into it from another universe. Okay. Here's my thinking for that. All right. If this universe just exists, are we meant to believe... That every person that is born in the mirror universe is born to the exact same two people that they're born to in the regular universe. Because how else could we wind up having, you know, um, these same characters from 100 years ago and then the same characters from now in that universe? Well, it's total. It's it's. I mean, it's a total clone of the other universe. It's just yes, but so whatever happens there happens there, sort of. Sort of. Yeah. Because I don't know what to say. I know, what's, what's the deviation point, right? Like, what is, yeah. Yes, because if you just started this new universe where everyone was evil, I think, like, different people would have kids and get married because they're evil now. Right, because <laughs> at this point. Well and, well, and to your point, it's like, even though they're the same people, they're not doing the same thing. Like, Tilly is Captain of Discovery. Right, and there's a good chance that... Which could change the fates of right. whoever, well, you know? And let's say Tilly were to procreate in our Discovery universe... Does that mean that the mirror one has to do yeah. with the same person because their kids got to be around? You well, know, like, I mean, it's I don't sort of overthink. I don't know. Well, no, I don't think it's overthinking, but I don't think it's it's too crazy to think about because don't forget, it works that way with at least events, certain events. Like 
in Mirror Mirror, when Kirk and crew first appear in the Mirror Universe, they were beaming up at the same time that their evil counterparts were beaming up. And that's how they switched places. Mm. Discovery jumped over to the Mirror Universe at the same time the other one disappeared. Mm. So, like, there's some... It's like there's some commonality, but it's like... I see what you I see your point. It's like certain events happen in a similar way. Yes. But... Yeah. But how... It doesn't make sense how they all could. Yeah, yeah. Like, how granular does it get? However... Yeah. I almost think that, as we're talking, I'm realizing that Lorca and Burnham may have touched on this in their conversation when they yeah. after they figured things out. They're by the window, and they're talking, and Lorca is seeming strangely sentimental yeah and um he's saying how he checked in to find out um about their counterparts burnham mm-hmm. and Lorca's, and says that they were um you know they had this battle together yeah and that's when they died but he then goes on to say what what greater evidence of destiny is there than uh knowing that two people would find each other in these well, I mean, two different universes. So does it, does it also speak to that speak to that in a way that like, you know, if Mirror Lorca dies, shouldn't that mean that Prime Universe Lorca should die too? Isn't Mirror Lorca dead Lorca dead? Yeah. Prime Lorca's alive. Right. But what I'm saying to you is like, you know, based on what you were saying earlier, you know, they're born. Yes. Right. Should they be dying at the same time too? Like, yes, because what if our Discovery Universe, Lorca, yeah. goes and then has a kid. Is there going to be a counterpart for that kid who never was born in yeah, the other I mean, universe? In, uh, yeah, it's 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 weird. Like, the similar things happen, but they also don't. I mean, in Ameridocli, the Enterprise is destroyed, NX-01 is destroyed in that one, but it's not destroyed yeah. in the Prime Universe. Yeah, so... Yeah, so it's it, like, it, it's... They parallel, but they also deviate quite a bit yes it, so it's, it's sort of funny that something that probably started as kind of a lark like you know just another one of the original series crazy yeah. things like oh right. we'll have everybody be evil because well, it's like yeah because like it's, like it's the same people but grown. like tilly is still on discovery in both universes yeah. but some people are not so it's yeah i understand it would be simple if you only went once because then yeah. everything's the same and it's fine but then when you come back and it's still the same people it's yeah interesting huh i mean it, yeah it's a similar case on when they DS9 is the one that went to the mirror universe the most. And I think for the most part, like, everybody was on the station. But a different person, you know, Kira was in command. And, you know, Garrick was kind of her second in command. And, like, they were the same people, but they right. weren't doing the same things. Right. Which, I, it always has seemed like it's more just a fun way to write an episode where you have all the same characters yeah. and you have them do different things. But it seems as though Discovery is trying to make it more of a comprehensive like unified theory of right of the um mirror universe which will be interesting i will say this you know i don't think that the mirror different. i don't think the mirror universe has many rules in terms of how it's written it seems to me that you from the standpoint of already you can almost do whatever the hell you want in that universe like you're not really tied down by anything i think y- yeah i would expect so yeah that's why i found it interesting that they seem to sort of be explaining it like great uh, this it's evidence for destiny I, because I, I don't recall, but we don't know. Did they mention who, where Ash Tyler is, or who he is in the mirror universe? Has that even come up? Because they said that we need. They said the captain needs a personal guard, and it's who he's playing for, um, right. Burnham. Which but, I found strange immediately because wouldn't a crew know who her personal guard was? And if he wasn't their per, her personal guard, wouldn't that be odd? I think the personal guard is kind of nondescript because I feel like that's something that can change quite often and the captain kind of handpicks the personal guard herself and they thought she was dead anyway. Right. You know, she's she. I mean, she's dead in that universe as it is, so... Um, I saw no mention, though, of no, the which was mirror. Inter- which was interesting. I mean, there's no... They weren't actively seeking him out, but I would think that as being... The sort of personal guard of you know traveling with her, they would know. They would try to figure out who, who he is. Right. So that sort of leads us to what their plan is. So their right. plan is that they're in this universe. They've disguised the, I'm forget like the matter signature of the Enterprise. So their quantum signature. Like, thank you. Quantum signature. And so then they, uh, it's very good that it's been established that they have uniform replicators. Right. Because otherwise they think that they keep a crew of tailors on board. Yeah. Um, so they, they they go into the files that they get from mm. the demolished ship, which also very interesting. The destroyed ship is, um, they see a dead Klingon 
a Vulcan and Andorian. Oh yeah, Vulcan and Andorian. Yeah. Um, Who we are getting, I think, next week because there is going to be an Andorian there. Right. So I love this idea that there's the because re- we've heard the rebels talked about in other Mirror Universe episodes. I don't know mm-hmm. that we got much information on the rebels. Um, well, I mean, it's it it keeps in line with where they were in Enterprise. Yeah, because they did sort of head toward a, uh, uh, an empire that was completely Terran or human. Right. And yeah. all other... I forget what they are considered on, on Deep Space, though. I don't remember what they the, okay, their status right. is there. Yeah. But basically, any non-humans are discriminated against. So yeah. I love the fact that they are so consistent with the ideas of fascism, where mm-hmm. not only is it power, but also it's, um, it's sort of intolerance for the other or the seemingly weaker... Genetic right. strains. Yeah, I mean, it reminds me of something else. Well, yeah, that's it's. It really is. I mean, yeah. I, I just taught fascism this week to my students, and you know, this is the you dictionary them, definition. You could, you, so you could show them a mirror universe. I could show episode. them a mirror universe episode. And, and and could, it is fascism. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, and. You know, and now there's this whole mystery behind who the because it's it's come up a couple times. About who the emperor is. Yes, it's a big mystery behind that. It, People are saying it's uh, Giorgio, but um, but it's like, well, that'd be an, she'd be empress, right? And we confirm that by going back to Enterprise when yes. the comms officer becomes Hoshisato. Empress, empress Hoshi Sato. Sato. Um, um, so their plan, though, they're going to disguise themselves. They're going to dress themselves. They done. They do a bunch of research to find out who their counterparts are. Right. How to act like their counterparts. Right. They have a few exchanges with other. Terran Empire ships. Mm. One of the most hilarious when um, they realize that it's Tilly who's the captain of yep. the uh, Discovery. So she has to get on the comms with the other ship and she has to act like a badass Terran yep. captain. Yep. And she's completely ill-equipped uh-huh. when she gets on and says, this is Captain Tilly. What the heck? Hell, hold your horses. <laughs> but then after that, when she does it again, she's like totally... Yeah, when she's in know. the costume and the hair, then yeah. she's got it. But yeah. it was great that... The most badass phrase you could come up with was "hold your horse." I hadn't laughed out loud at Trek. I don't think like that ever in my life because it was just it was awesome. It was quite good. Yeah. It was quite good. Um, yeah, I, I'm really curious to know who the Emperor is. Um, I feel it's gotta make, be they a seem big to be reveal. Making a big deal out of it. Yeah, it's gotta yes. be a big reveal. I mean, it's just this faceless Emperor. You know, they try to find the information, and we haven't. Stuff. We don't know. I don't think we know what's what Saru's deal is over there just yet. I don't think they mentioned right. That. Well, my immediate thought was they have to hide Saru because he's not a human, and they're gonna wonder right. why the heck so they have this. He can't. Alien. It can't be him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Could it be Tyler? Could be Tyler. If, I mean, assuming because I know we you know, we have to discuss what's going on with him, but yes. you know, could you know what if if Tyler does turn out to be a Klingon? What if it's the same case over there, but he's masquerading as a human and becomes the the emperor? Yeah. For the Klingons or something like that. Yeah, Tyler would be interesting. But I'll tell you, my true. we haven't seen that yet. My fanboy dream, and it is is that oh, I've got one too. So that is that it's somebody from Trek lore, not necessarily from Discovery, but somebody from you know what? It, you know, I think we were talking before the show. If it's, I think you said if it's Archer. Yeah, if it's Archer, but Archer's dead in this he's, yeah, universe, he's dead. so that yeah. wouldn't work. But if it's somebody from. It'd be so great if it was somebody from Enterprise. Right. I doubt it will be. Or if it's Kirk. But, or if it's Kirk. I... Spock. No, it can't be Spock. No, it can't be Spock. But Could be Kirk. I would love it if it's somebody from existing. Could be Scotty. From existing more. I mean, that would be, that would just Young be awesome. Scotty. Mud. Could be Mud. Could be Mud, yeah. Uh, yeah, they, they're making a, they seem to be making a big deal out of it. Yeah, it's definitely just, being it, intentionally it up, withheld. It came up a few times. Mm-hmm. They're really calling attention to it. So, uh, but... Although, I don't know. I mean, I w- granted, I would love it to be somebody from Trek lore, and I feel like it's not going to be, but given the fact that what they did with the Defiant, it's so key, which I wasn't expecting, I'm actually not going to put it past and that maybe it is. Because it could be another case of, just like the Defiant, people who are not familiar with the franchise before this, they won't know who that is, and it won't matter, but, we will, but we'll know who it is. Right. You know, they'll reveal it in such a way where it's like, they'll, they'll just know it's the Emperor, but we'll be like, oh my god, that's... Yes, yes. That's so, Mal- that's that's Malcolm Reed. <laughs> Malcolm Reed. That's Trip. He could, yeah. He he was on the he was in good standing. Yeah. I believe with uh, Sato. I think all of them were except for uh, Archer. I think all of them are still around. Yeah, even yeah. Uh, to Paul managed to make a deal in the end, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah, it could be. But given that, it seems like Giorgio is the most 
likely. They would have said they would have said Empress. Perhaps that's that's, maybe, that's what I'm hoping for. But maybe they've moved past. Um, I, I do know, think gendered. But, maybe Emperor titles. I, 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 but even if it's not Giorgio, I I still believe we're gonna see her. Oh, we have to. What if it's um the Doctor Calder? Oh, that would be interesting because because we know him as. Such a nice guy. Yes. That would actually yeah. be great. And um, um which yeah. Yeah, that would be interesting. And on after Trek, I think he said something like, Don't worry. He's not hundred percent. I'm not going anywhere even though he's dead. Well, like he's not, but like it's Oh, but you're in the mirror universe and you technically could right, still right. be there, yeah. And he's one that we haven't heard about. But I'm very surprised that Burnham's first, you know, she mirror became... Google wasn't Georgia to see what was going on with her. Yeah. She became a pro in the universe pretty quickly, I will say. Who? Uh, uh, Burnham. Oh yes. She became very like you know she became a real pro on the on what the universe is like pretty fast. Right. That was interesting. What do you think the attribute? What do you think you know? And it's all from about? an alien database. Like it's not even. Right. Well, she she's very smart. Yeah. Um. But it almost seemed also that not only did she know a lot about it, she seemed to take to it very quickly. She did, and I gotta tell you, you know, the whole point of her sneaking on the Shenzo with uh, uh, Tyler and Lorca was to get information on the Defiant, mm-hmm. and go through those files. And I know that she, you know, it's it's a difficult character moment for her because she's on her old ship and she's playing captain, and Giorgio's not there. And I'm like, that's great, that's great. Get to the fucking files. I want to uh, give me some dirt. <laughs> I want to know about you know, give me some more callbacks. Do this, like, find out about the right. Well, so that's great that we did get callbacks. So when they continue on their plan. And then she does go back. Um, to but she's the like, ship. But, but like, how is like, have you done it? She goes, No. I'm like, Oh, come on. Yes. But I liked so the callbacks started right away, and they yeah. were simple. But they had the torture, um, you know, the enclosed booth, the tubes. Booth, yes. The agony booth, yes. Uh, yes. That we saw invented by Reed. Yes. On yeah. um, on Enterprise. Which, and then we see them again in Mirror Mirror. I don't know if we see them on. I can't remember if we see them on DS9. Yeah, I'm not sure. That, but, but yeah. you know, that's one of those fun callbacks where we know it, but it doesn't matter. The audience can just be like, wow, these people are terrible. They have these torture right. tubes. But we know that it moves the pain to the different neural clusters so that right. they uh, they won't numb out to the pain. They'll be constantly in agony. And um, that was interesting when, um, you know, Burnham had to keep up the appearances. But at first, you didn't want to, you tell us you didn't want to put Lorca in the torture tube. Right. I mean, I you know, on a higher level, I just love the idea of them having to spend time in the mirror universe and just basically act undercover. Like it's such a really, cause the mirror universe in the past has always just been somebody steps over there and then something goes wrong and then they come back and that's that. We yeah, never really you're spend... probably like you're trying to leave is the whole point. Right. We, ne- we never really spend time over there and really flesh the universe out. I mean, enterprise is the one that spent the longest period right. of time there. So now we're going to really, at least in one episode, I mean, I know again, DS nine has the most episodes set there, but like they're much more sporadic. Right. But, I feel like Discovery's really going to flesh this universe out. And I, and I want to know more about it. I think so, too. And I think when you put this together with Enterprise, because the way Enterprise handled it, where it wasn't the crew fell mm. into the Mirror Universe, it was just, here's an episode set in the Mirror Universe, here are the counterparts. Yeah, nobody, there, were no, there was no incursion. Nobody stepped Yes, over. it was just yeah. strictly... The, the, the one thing that really kind of... Not confuses me, but... I would think that as soon as they get to the Mirror Universe, that... Again, we haven't seen much yet, so I can, you know maybe I could be I could be off. But given the fact that the Defiant has been there for a century, I would mm. think maybe that they would be far more technologically advanced. Fair point. Have we seen the other ships? We've heard we haven't. That. Well, that's the thing. We haven't seen anything yet. Right. So I, yeah, so that could be. All we've seen is wreckage, and then we've um, heard their voices. Yeah, and again, we don't know what the status of the Defiant is. We don't even know if it's still right. I mean, all they're looking for is the exists. files on it. They're just forever. looking for the files. I mean, again. Fanboy dream. If they if they find it, awesome. Yes, I would love to see it. Uh, so I, I having rewatched the Enterprise episodes, Mirror yeah. Darkly, um, I had forgotten how wonderful the um, the scene is when it opens and Archer is wearing the green like um, sort of oh, crossover yes. Yes. deep yes. V neck tunic that yep. um, Kirk. Yep. Wears that style. Oh, that was hilarious! He well, goes, look what I found. They had look, weird ideas about uniforms. <laughs> and isn't and Hoshi's like she's like, what are you wearing? Like, yeah. But the thing about that episode, really quick, is I love the I I remember when they at the end of part one when they get aboard the Defiant bridge and the, they they kind of reveal the bridge. The camera pulls back, and even like later on when they're on the bridge and it still to me does not look 
it still looks like modern. It doesn't it doesn't look outdated or anything. It still looks amazing. Yeah. Like I would totally yeah. I'm like, you know, even if Discovery used this visual aesthetic, I'd be yeah. okay with that. It still looks awesome. I wouldn't care. And clearly they cleaned it up as far as just they wanted to make it look good on high def and whatnot, but yeah. I mean the design was the same. Right. And it worked. Well, and, that, and see, and that's going to be the worry now, I think, if, is if they show the Defiant and say they get on board. Why didn't you just do it this? It would the have whole to time? look, I mean, really, it would have to look like that, I would think. Unless they, you Unless know. They, you know. Yeah. I think it's going to be under the guise of, well, they 100 years of messing with it and whatnot. Yeah, well, it, yeah. you know, it's, I, it's not that important. Unless it, it's part of the story, really. Right. The but what I'm hoping for is when they finally find the Defiant files or whatever they do, that. This is to me is when they can start name dropping shit. Oh you know, right, Archer Sato like like can actually explain like mm. you know Kirk. Will they, will they explain like what happened in more in more detail in a Meridoc, like when, when the Defiant first? Because they have to find out how it got there. So I assume that if they do that, they're gonna Burnham is gonna somehow or somebody whoever looks it up. There's gonna be a little bit more of a tease of explanation of what actually took place in a Meridoc. So I feel like she may even name drop. Right, Archer and T'Pol and yeah, because if these remember these are the Terran files about the ship, yeah. so they're definitely going to have probably have something about how they acquired the ship, not only how right. it got there. Now, well, will we see they... the Tholians. I hope. Oh, if we see the right. Tholians, that'll be a... that's what yeah. I was just wondering. And will yeah. they even will they even know how it got there? Because I know it's mentioned in the Enterprise episode, but who knows what the record keeping is like. In, yeah, I mean... In the mirror universe. Maybe the, they didn't even write it down or put it in a database. Yeah, the Enterprise... Kind of, Archer knew how it got there, but it's like... Yeah, he did he... Yeah. And did Hoshi bother to, you know, update the, the technical log on how it got there? Yeah. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, so a big character moment, I think, for um, Burnham is that she has to kill a human with her bare hands in order to... Um, not bare hands, she has a knife. Mm-hmm. But in order to hold on to um, control of the ship... As I said, her kind of yeah. settling right into how things work. Reminded me of the fight between Kirk and Chekhov in Mirror Mirror and then Hoshi and T'Pol. They did the same thing. And it reminded me of uh, the Gorn Archer. Because <laughs> they were on That's the ground right. rolling I around. I forgot about that. I forgot yeah. the Gorn. Oh, we're going to see a Gorn. <laughs> Are we? <laughs> um, yeah, so that certainly yeah. was unexpected, I think, on, on her part. She kind of felt like, oh, I'm the captain now. I'm mm-hmm. here, but... Uh, as we know, it's all about power, and it's all about the strongest can lead. So you know, he was making his move. The and other really, captain, and really quick, and on the on the sort of computer file again for a second. Let's say they let's say they do find the Defiant, right? And they start going through the Defiant's records, kind of like they did on Enterprise. From their perspective, the Defi- from their perspective, the Defiant's from the future. Mm-hmm. It's like ten years in the future, basically. So they're gonna get a they they may get a glimpse into the future of of their time because when when Lorca mentions the Defiant is the ship that crossed over into the mirror universe, Saru says it, that at the at I think he said something like it's the Defiant is was patrolling a certain sector of space, and you know Burnham says well it's this the data suggests at some point in the future the Defiant will come back in time, so. If they manage to get any records from, say, the Defiant, they're gonna oh, right? they're gonna find out about the future of Starfleet of of in their time, their universe, their universe. Assuming that they left any of those files in place, yeah, because yeah, because don't forget on Enterprise they were looking at their the data files of their counterparts, right? Oh, right, yeah. that's interesting. I mean, I doubt that'll well, I doubt that'll happen, but yeah, yeah. If it does, if they start doing that, that's a possibility. Right. That was another very fun scene in the Enterprise when they were they were pulling up their and like kind of laughing at their bios in the yeah. other universe. If if I mean if you have it on high def and you pause it, you can actually see you know, uh, what became of the crew you know after Enterprise because it gives a full profile on what happened to them. So right, Archer becomes a president of the Federation. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Um. So then having Burnham securely in charge of her ship at that mm. point when. Yeah. Uh, the crew was very impressed with her murderous uh, exhibition. And they applause. Right, they applause. You notice that they had the navigator? The same navigator? Oh, the yes, yes. The one that she, I really want to see more she, of. The shaved head, but she doesn't have the thing. There's another thing because she the, the, implant, because the she Shenzhou was never it. destroyed. Yes. Yeah, the Battle of Iron Stars never happened. I was actually very excited and was hoping that maybe we would then see her uh, have some lines. And she did have some lines. So yes. That was great. Um, I keep forgetting her name, though. Me too. That's <laughs> <laughs> so I call it the shaved head implant. Um, crew. But... Tyler. 
Okay, yeah. There's some so we weird shit going on. I have not talked um, about Tyler. Did you notice, by the way, that when he came onto the bridge, Saru's threat ganglia came up? Yes, yeah, so I wonder, was that his presence or was that their situation? I think they potentially left it a little bit I ambiguous. They left it ambiguous, but I would think that it's got to be the situation because he's been on the bridge before with Saru right. and, and has been in scenes with him. That's a good point, but... But was, Stamets was saying the enemy... What's he saying? The enemy is here? The, the enemy is here, I think. Something like end. that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And wait, was, when he walked onto the bridge, he had not yet had the encounter with Laurel, had he? Uh, I, f- I don't recall. I can't remember. I don't think he, so. I think, I think he was, was... Was he coming back from it? Because if he was coming back from it... I don't recall. I believe he had whatever Klingon-ness, mm. uh, you know... Yeah in him was sort of activated which right. might set off the threat ganglia yeah potentially but it's like yeah i mean is i believe he was coming from his meeting with her and we were talking before the show it's, why else would he be late? And we were talking before the show is this now it's still ambiguous to me but so is he a klingon what's they did something it's clear they did something to him i mean it was always clear about that but yes it's like, but is he actually a Klingon? Like, what's going on? Yes, here's why I'm still a little bit confused. On yeah, that. they're not. It's not really clear right now. Because when, um, he was talking to when the doctor figured things out, mm-hmm. at least to some degree. Yeah. What's the doctor's name? Culver. Culver. Doctor Culver is talking to him, and says, "We gave you a quick scan to see if there were any brainwashing, but then we didn't do a deep scan to mm-hmm. see. And with deep scan." Like, they put, almost put the consciousness into your own brain, and, like, we didn't look for that. So that sounds like something that is sort of a mental... Does he have, um, a, does he have a Klingon Katra? Well, it's like a mental yeah. process yeah. where they put the consciousness into you, but yet all the flashbacks we see, we see, like, his bones being ripped apart. Yeah. And they even said that they cut his bones open, yeah. and they shortened his femur and his tibia and whatnot. Yeah. So I... I'm trying to understand. Weird, considering he's really tall. Right. I'm trying to understand why they would put the consciousness of someone in, but have to cut the bones and whatnot. So yeah. I'm, I'm not sure, but I. So it's not as clear as I would like. It's to not think. very clear, but but definitely something with the Klingon that we expected. There's definitely something very is in there. There's definitely something very like I'm gonna make a word up. Very rapey about it. Okay. Like he's being. As if, yeah, certainly, I, I think that's a parallel that's been made in the show a lot. I mean, I think that when they yeah. had the flashbacks to his sexual encounters, they yeah. definitely showed them him as, like, a survivor of a sexual assault. So yeah. I think that that is uh, and been intentional. I mean, he, what bigger violation is that than to have another consciousness inserted into yourself? Well, I mean, it's that's that's essentially, in a way, he's feeling a much more extreme... Uh, it's a much more extreme version of after Picard was assimilated by the Borg. I mean, Picard has his, Picard has his consciousness taken away from him. Yes, yes. And he was, and Picard was, essentially raped as well. And you see the result of that in the episode after that two-parter, of him dealing with it when he goes home to France. Mm. So it's a very kind of interesting, it's a very interesting parallel, I think. Yeah, it does seem like um, they're being used as... But he tragically, he tragically kills the duck. Which I was not expecting at all. I was not expecting that. No. Because um, clearly... So clearly what happened when he went to see Laurel, and he doesn't re- understand fully what he's doing. She says the prayer. It's kind of neat. And then he responds in Klingon. And we know yeah. something's up. And then he kind of has a... I like the way it was shot, actually. Kudos to Frakes on that directing. Uh-huh. Um, that... We see them giving the prayers, and then it just cuts, and he's on the other side of the room, and he has his phaser in his hand, and he looks very confused. Yeah. So she's activated some part of um, the Klingon, whose name I can't think of, um, in him. Mm. Now, he was the white Klingon, right? Yes, the albino. The albino, okay. Yep. So it seems as though when that Klingon comes out, Ash, Tyler doesn't is no completely not in control, not even aware of what's going on. Right, and it seems as though when Laurel activated him, she mm. she assumed that it would be a complete activation because she seemed surprised that he was able, Ash was able to exhibit any free will. Do you remember? I I almost want to go back and watch it now, but do you recall what happened to the albino Klingon after the Battle of the Binary Stars? 
Well, that's the thing. They did set it up. All the last that we got, it was very abrupt. Yeah. They, she said, I, I have a plan. Right. Laurel and the albino Klingon mm-hmm. when they were stuck on that, sh- you know, dying ship. Yeah. So it's after the, so it's after the battle. Yeah. After He's the battle, there. they're yeah. on there and they're going to die. And she says, oh, I have a plan. Right. And that's sort of the last that we see of them. So that would make it episode three, four. I'm not sure exactly, but okay. I do remember that we kept thinking like, I want to go back. I'm going to go back and watch. That. Okay. There's some plan here, but we never saw anything about the plan. And that's when we started, you know, hearing the rumors and putting things together and thinking about the ash plan somehow. It's a very elaborate plan, but we're yeah. executed also. Yeah. Because he's the albino Klingon. Was he the brother of Kolos? Didn't he say that's who he was? Like after he died, he kind of stepped up and said, I'm his. He was chosen. He was chosen. But yeah. was he. Tukovma. He was chosen by Tukovma to take over for Tukovma. But the I'm family. Sorry, not Kolos. I said Kolos. Yeah, Tukovma's way. Yes, yeah. but the families, the houses, said, like, oh, this guy's a stupid Klingon yeah. uh, albino. We, we don't trust him. We don't care about Tukovma. We have a ship. That's all that matters. We, we mm-hmm. beat him. Um, you know. Well, it's. Uh, yeah, I gotta go back and check that out. But, yeah. but given, here's the thing, given the direction the show is headed right now, you know, it's clear, I think it's clear to us they're going to be in the mirror universe, possibly, probably for the rest of the season, because we have like five episodes left, I think. If Tyler is in fact, like what relevance is there between Tyler and, and uh, Laurel? Like what part do they play in this grand, in this greater scheme of being in the mirror universe? Or, or do um, they like does it you know is it relevant to what's going on right yeah i'm not sure and i was even wondering because the feeling that i have right now is that oh they're in the mirror universe they're going to be here for a while but yeah knowing the show who knows they might spend one more episode here and then be back you know we, i mean maybe we don't it's know just, i mean they're, they're promoting it as chapter two mm-hmm. and again my assumption is that they're going to be in there for the rest of the season and i i almost i think when we were doing the last episode when the finale after the finale had I think I said back then it's almost to me seems like they kind of gave the sh- they kind of gave the show they kind of gave the show a soft reboot so it's like they're moving away from this Klingon war and focusing on this but you still have this thread of Tyler and Laurel hanging there and we have the thread of yeah Lorca when he gets back assuming he gets back right having his command taken away from him right so there are definitely threads coming through and I'd say as we talked about this is sort of the th- the second soft reboot of the show given that it started on one ship with one crew true and then yeah. it moved. so I that's think, kind of the prologue though i think yeah but it seems as that's... though this show is sort of about they're not going to settle as we know from you know yeah. the 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 to some people the long lost and and uh you know desired trek of old that it sort of settles into a groove and it's right. like all and right just taken it, away you said they pull the rug out from yes and pull yeah. the rug out in front of the viewer yeah. so it's not we're, I don't think we're ever going to get, you know, Discovery goes, they encounter an anomaly, they figure it out, something weird mm-hmm. happens, and then they they fly away and everybody's happy. Um, we're never going to settle into that. Mm-hmm. If you want that, watch the Orville. God, don't even get me started on this on that. Um, so, based on the trailer we saw at the end of the episode, uh, I don't know if they're, you know, I don't think that, I don't know if they're talking specifically next week or if they're previewing the next few episodes, but we did get a glimpse of an Andorian. Right, very Ho- briefly. You've got to really look for it. But... Hopefully, Shran. I didn't see the Mandorian. Well, here's the thing, though. When I, I, like any Trek fan does, I pause it, I zoom in, I you know examine the Andorian. From what I saw, looks like it has a consistent look with how they appear on uh, Enterprise. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, so. It's great. So it seems like we're gonna we're definitely going to encounter these rebels because we've got yeah definitely um, and like I said the mirror universe doesn't really have many rules in terms of what they can do. Right. So I think that. we could we could almost see I feel like we could see anybody right. up here. Except the humans are one empire and then all the other species have united against them. That seems to be at least in this yeah. this trek over there. Um that's the situation that we're dealing with. Mm. Is there somebody from Enterprise you want to see? I mean um, you can't see Archer but because he's dead, but like Flocks? In the mirror universe? Yeah. Now, well, he was kind of a mad scientist, in that right? One. Like, and it seemed just, as though they yeah. were they wanted to Archer wanted to keep him, yeah. But I don't think Sato will because Sato, I think, went more for the humans only. Well, I also get the sense that Denobulans live a long time, 
They just seem like the kind of species that would live. Yeah, and when you have any time. alien, you can just, if you want to keep the character around, you can just say, oh yeah, they live really, yeah. really long. Well, humans do live a long time, too. It's fine. Yeah, right, right science. Uh, but, I, yeah, I would love to see... And again, that's what I'm hoping with this emperor. Is it going to be somebody that we know from Trek War? Right. I, but I, I think so. you, could, you can really only do... Enterprise, to me, seems like the most logical. I I worry about TOS only because unless they perfected the CGI technology like they've been doing in Rogue One, like I yeah. can't. Or they get see Chris them, Pine. Uh, I can't see them doing, uh, you know, any original series. Because um, when you see Kirk Spock, look like the Defiant, you want them to look as they did. Right. Unless you make them a wildly different age. That's the only way you can get away with it. Yeah. Make Spock very young, make Spock very old. Well, I mean, you, well, can, you can't do Spock you can, you old. Can, I mean, Spock you could find lookalikes, I think. You could find lookalikes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that guy that does conventions looks a lot like Spock. Do, well, <laughs> do you want to see something? Do you want to... Something really, really odd. You're going to give me a weird look when I tell you this. Okay. So, uh, just really quick. I found this on YouTube a long time ago, because I mentioned lookalikes, right? It's Trek's 25th anniversary. Kentucky Fried Chicken... Did a commercial using the original crew, uh-huh. but it's like it's like the Enterprise is in orbit of Earth and they're trying to they want to order some ch- Kentucky. It's so it's so it's so terrible, right? It's awful, but it's it's original series. It's mm. not movies with Shatner, but it's these lookalikes, and they look exactly like the original <laughs> actors, like as they appear in the original series. Wow. And I'm like, wow, wow. But I mean, the the original actors are voicing are voicing them, right? Okay, but. Like the guy who plays Kirk and the guy who yeah yeah so like and who like it looks Spock's Leonard Nimoy's on it because he's a vegetarian I think oh and nice that's why it's yeah on good um, well, actually you know it's frightening a, this so I'm is like a good yeah. segue here so rather than you the listener going and googling that yourself what you can do is follow us on Twitter and we will tweet that out later what is our Twitter Kevin uh, Disco Podcast Disco at Podcast Disco Podcast at Disco Podcast yeah. Also here, because we always wait till the end. Let's not wait till the end this time. Hmm. So we would like to hear from you. Your questions, something you want us to discuss, any topics. Um, if you enjoyed the podcast, give us a hello. Also, um, reviews are tweet, very helpful for tweet, us. Tweet or email or both. Yes. Reviews are very helpful for us on whatever platform you listen to. Um, you know, star reviews are good. Written reviews are better, even if you just write, you know. Yeah. Whatever, a couple sentences, a sentence. It's great. Helps so, um, interesting observation, I think. The title of this episode is called Despite Yourself. It's one of the, I think it's the only episode that doesn't have mirror universe episodes, that doesn't, whose title doesn't somehow make it obvious that that's what it is. I mean, in the past, it's been, you know, in a mirror darkly, there's been shattered mirror, there's been mirror mirror, there's been crossover. So there's no like... That's a good point. I think it's. I feel like it's probably because they don't. They didn't want to give it away, because the episode titles were revealed long before we saw them. Yeah, saw the that show. makes sense. So I feel Although, like it's, um, Frank's the director gave it away a long time ago. He did. But people thought he was BSing. Okay. Well. Okay. So here we go. So you you kind of wanted to discuss it earlier. So yeah. So Jonathan Frakes, who has not directed Trek since 1998, Star Trek Insurrection was the last thing he directed. Hasn't mm-hmm. directed an episode since 1995. Mm-hmm. But he's been doing episode. a lot of other TV. Right. The last Trek episode he directed was an episode of Voyager called Prototype. Okay. Um, but every... It can be argued that every episode that he has directed, they are considered among the best episodes of the franchise. Except the one I just mentioned. Prototype is not. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. Here's, you know, uh, the Enterprise episode uh, in Amiridocoli, one of them, I forget which one, part one or part two, was also directed by uh, LeVar Burton. Is his cohort on uh, next mm-hmm. So another, another guy who, by the way, I hope makes his way onto uh, oh, that would be to direct Enterprise. But anyway, off track. So yeah. yeah, so Frakes. I think the direction was good. I think with most TV direction, um, unless it's like a really prestige television, as the term is, um, yeah. you know, if you don't notice the direction, they're doing fine. Yeah. And that's sort of how it was here. There were a couple of points where I actually noticed the direction and thought like, Ooh, that's great. And that mm-hmm. was always when Burnham had his black, I mean, not Burnham, um, Tyler had his blackouts. Right. 
Um, that was so well done because it really put us in this because it just cut that moment of time out. And I'm sure that's exactly what he was experiencing. But so like, that was fantastic. Everything about this episode was steeped in Trek lore. Again, you know, the Mirror Universe, the Defiant, Frakes directed it. It's like there was so much from Trek's past brought into this episode. And mm-hmm. it was just all... For me, before this episode, my favorite episode of the season was um, Magic to Make the Sanest Man Go Mad. Where mm-hmm. Mud is using the... Uh, the time uh, loop to destroy discovery over and over again. Right. This episode hadn't even ended yet, and I'm like, this is already my favorite episode of the season. Yeah, I, I think it is and for me too. I tw- he didn't respond, but I tweeted to uh, Jonathan Ricks. I'm like, please, please, please direct more episodes of the show. Yeah, please. Yeah. Well, I had one problem with his direction, and this was another time when I noticed the direction. So yeah. when um, they're standing around and they're looking at the star chart and they're trying to figure out like what the heck where mm. they are and all this, and they're like, we don't recognize things and whatnot. For some reason. Freaks decided the best way to shoot that scene was to have the camera spin around, around them yeah. for the entire conversation. Yeah. And it actually started to get dizzy and I had to look away. It was well, a very strange. One thing I noticed choice. about that scene, I'm glad you mentioned that, because I did not see the star chart reflected in the table. Oh, okay. I was, well, I'm a, I'm a, well, the thing is, I'm, you know, I'm a graphic designer video editor, so I always look for things like that. Yeah, and I'm that's... like, oh, it's not reflecting on the... Oh, yeah, that's... I'm like, fix that. A way to sell it. That's a way to sell yeah. the effect, definitely. Um, but no, I really, really hope he comes back, and I really hope that we see more Trek directing veterans. Um, a lot of the Next Gen cast and Voyager cast um, direct have directed episodes. Yeah. yeah um, I, def- I like the way it was very straight-ahead direction. Yeah, almost. Like, like I said, best direction on this type of show is when you don't notice. But it. Frakes has gone on to direct. He's done NCIS. He does the Librarians, and I think he's done. I think he's done Agents of Shield. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, here's the thing. So I heard this someone talking about directing TV. I listened to uh, some. I haven't I said don't anymore. But I used to listen to this Kevin Smith podcast. Mm. Whatever it's called, uh, Fat Man on Batman is the name of it. Right. And so he's a big fan of all these things, as you know. But he was a film director. And he's directed an episode of Supergirl and an episode of Flash. And these are shows that he was a fan of. Yeah. So what he said was that having never directed TV before, he was surprised at how little there is for a TV director to do. Because in a movie, you have to like make all these choices and decide all these things and tell the actors what to do and mm. all this. And he said that as a TV director, it's more like they have an assembly line sh- laid out well yeah because the and look you of just it, show up and do it the look of it's already established like in a movie you're creating you're creating a world as it were right and Whereas not only TV the look is, of it but the yeah. actors know their characters really well right so it's just sort of you're just kind of putting the camera places and you know making everything you know, run which was interesting it's in, too. well it's interesting you mentioned that because i i did think one time like it might have been because of this with freaks coming on the show how do you how do you direct it to make it the look of it, the way it's shot, look consistent with the other ones. Because I think, you know, the goal is you want it to kind of fit in with visually with the other ones. But at the yes. same time, it's like, does that director put his own... How does that director put their own stamp right, I on think it, basically? It, not much. And even... So yeah. let's say, like... Like, so he's not going to... Frakes isn't going to tell Sonico Martin-Green how to act the right. character. Because she knows the character more than he does. He could maybe make a suggestion. But actually, yeah. now, what I just realized is... How I really liked what happened with Tyler. Mm. It's actually possible that that was all done in editing. He may have shot a scene of him doing things, and then the editor realized, like, oh, if I just cut this out, yeah. it'll seem more, it'll seem better. So I think it's almost like you know the term journeyman. So like a journeyman, yeah. he's one. It seems like TV directing more just journeyman. It's well, like, but to your point though, that's why they have what they call them a series bible. Yeah. Not only that, lighting like it's yeah. the same people lighting it probably. Yeah. Same. I mean, I, I would argue it's easy for it was easier for Frakes to work on the other shows because you know Next Gen he knows the cast. You know Deep Space Nine he knew those casts too. So I would imagine it was pretty easy for him to kind of yeah. It seems uh, like he's a he's a pro now. Easier, I would say even easier than this one. Right, but he's yeah. kind of a pro now. He's a veteran TV director. Yeah, it seems. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like I said, I liked it. Yeah, I'd imagine there isn't much room for create for kind of trying new things yeah if you want to spin the camera around people then you probably get to do that although i did read i although i did read uh i think it was on trekmovie.com about freaks that he did give the cast a lesson how to properly shake oh well we haven't seen any shaking yet so that's a spoiler we haven't actually but like if you and if you like youtube like various 
interviews with the next gen cast from talk shows from you know from the period when they're on the show they they had it down perfectly and they would like do it by a number oh yeah they had it, like, they had it like on a scale from one to ten. Oh, that's cool and so, they would so say he, like you know if it's a seven they all know how to oh so he taught them like probably that he whole taught scale them the, yeah he taught oh, them excellent. how to yeah that's nice I, so i would I, so maybe, you know the shaking was really low quality on the show so i'm really glad that it's finally going to take care of that well i, I would say that maybe frank's directing well Fra- i would say frank's is more of an asset even though there may not be much for creativity because at least like given that he is part of the franchise and has not only starred in one of the shows but directed it he can almost pass on his sort of you know sage-like advice to not necessarily on how to behave but more about how to how how the world how the trek world works yeah it's got to be nice I mean, if he gives him a lesson in ship shaking yeah it's got to be nice having him there and you know and yeah. plus as a fan it's just always cool to hear about those kind of things yeah. um Particularly Shaniqua Martin Green mm. and her interactions with Nichelle Nichols, and right. sort of hearing that kind of passing the baton from mm. Nichols to Green. Um, you know, it's a fan. As people that like to think I, about this stuff a lot, you love hearing those things of how people take it seriously as seriously as we do. I I, I do really think it. that, and just to kind of talk about her for one second. I do really think that Sinequa Martin Green like could not have been more perfectly cast for this. Like I, I she has really made the show hers. She's and grown up. I think that she's really, you know, I think she's just I think in the years to come, she will stand out as one of my favorite uh Trek characters. I just I like cuz I like her a lot. I always liked her on Walking Dead, and when they announced that she was going to be the star of the show, I was like I was so you know, I didn't want them to kill off Sasha on Walking Dead, but I was like, if it means she's going to go on Discovery, then... Yeah. And my friend is a big Walking Dead fan, and we're like, well, wait a minute, so Walking Dead only shoots for this month. She can do both, that's fine, right? She can do both. She, she wants to have a life no. of some kind. Well, she has a, yeah, she has a, she has a kid too, so... Right, um, right. Yeah, she's growing on me. Like I said, at first, I wasn't sure if her unlikability was the character or the actor, actress, and I think that it's, um... I think it's intentional. I think we're not supposed to right. love Burnham. I I I would honestly say that it's who knows if it'll happen, but I think just in terms of how well how good she is on the show, her acting, like I feel like she could win an Emmy. I think her. I think she's honestly Emmy worthy on for the show. Uh, and I I really feel like Discovery could potentially be the first one of the first Trek shows to be to win <laughs> to win. Serious Emmy Awards. I could see that, at least being nominated. Yeah. Do you know Trek ever been nominated for the actors? Picard must have been. I mean, uh, um, none of the actors. Uh, well, I think way back, way back, Nimoy was. Oh, okay. Never won. Um, yeah. And since then, Trek has kind of taken a lot of the technical awards. Right. Although Next Gen did get nominated for Best Dramatic Series in its final season. Didn't win, but it at least got nominated. That That's was nice. like... And, but even like the, Patrick Stewart never nominated? No. And huh. it's funny you mention that because the executive producer of Trek back then, uh, Rick Berman, has, you know, he's gone on to say that he's always thought that it was such a shame that all those actors, like not even on, not just Next Gen, but even Deep Space, he's like, we had such great actors and to see them never like get any kind of nomination, it was like, he's like, I always thought it was such a shame. Yeah, I, I imagine whoever decides those things maybe has a little, uh, oh, Star Trek's over it's, there. Well, it's, a thing. it's like, it's Star Trek, it's sci-fi, it's, yeah, you know, They're over there um, doing their thing over but there. I think because sci-fi is now much more acceptable nowadays, and, you know, nerd culture has kind of taken over everything. I mean, hell, District 9 has been nominated for, like, Best Picture at the, at the Academy Awards. I could, honest to God, see, you know, Discovery maybe getting some serious uh, Emmy consideration. Maybe. Later yeah. this year. And there, there, yeah. Yeah. Maybe Hugh Jackman will I, mean, I don't know if it'll win anything, but... Right. They say it's always... It's just always it's an, an honor, honor to be nominated. Yeah. 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 And there was a lot of talk that Logan, speaking of these type of films, would be the first superhero film nominated for a serious Oscar, but I know it didn't... I don't think I the Golden it. Globes got nominated much, but I love it. maybe it'll well for the Oscars. So, um... So. Yeah, so we'll see what happens uh, next week, and hopefully, uh... Hopefully they not only get the plans for the Defiant or the data on the Defiant, maybe find the Defiant. Uh, but I want to find out who the uh, who this Emperor is, and my fingers, yes. are, my fingers are crossed that it's somebody that we know from existing. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I'd say just one other thing we haven't mentioned is um, the fate of Stamets. 
Oh, yeah. And it seems that um, what I kind of expected when, before Tyler killed the doctor, he looked over at Stamets and seemed to put it together in his head. Like, Mm -hmm. if I kill him, they're probably going to blame Stamets because Stamets is out of his mind right now. I did notice that every time Stamets said, the enemy is here. Whatever he said. Yeah. His eyes went back to normal when he said that. Yes. They weren't white. Right. So he certainly knows what's going on with Tyler. So to kind of... So to kind of... (laughs) Squeaky chair, squeaky chair. Um, So to kind of wrap, bring bring the show to a close, just let me just pose one question to you. How do you feel now about what was revealed in this episode? The fact that... Because I went back and I listened to our other episode from the finale. Mm-hmm. And pretty much everything we theorized happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I so, feel like, how do you feel? Because like, Trek has never been a show about raising questions and answering them later on. Right, no. Or predicting. You know, this is this What this show does is what Lost did. It raises questions and leaves you hanging for God knows right. how long. And then they... But what, yeah. what I like is that, unlike Lost, I feel that this show... You know, the fact that we were able to essentially predict what was going on means that they're not going too crazy with it. I mean, they're dropping enough breadcrumbs for us to follow. So, I like that. that But I also think we know the world a lot. We know the Trek world a lot. So, we can always... I think we'll always be able to potentially come up with a you know a possible perhaps yeah answer you know lost lost was a universe that kind of set its own rules as wrote its own rules as it went but trek it's like we can you know when stamets was like what did he say so many what did he say when that ship when discovery was uh oh so many universes so many many universes so many permutations or something like that and it's like oh yeah infinite permutations and we're like like oh so mirror universe or something like that like we were able to kind of instantly we know the truck the the truck world is so rich right that and then we just noticed they were dropping the Alice in Wonderland remember that was also the beginning there was so much Alice in Wonderland talking what is Alice in Wonderland but through the looking glass right and that's that's the name of a mirror episode of Deep Space Nine through the looking glass yes yeah so I thought that was pretty clear and then I guess, uh, but then they also dropped the hugest breadcrumb of having Stamets look in the mirror and then have his reflection move differently than him. Well, and we... Uh, okay, so... That was like a... Well, the thing was... Did you get it yet? We did you really, get well, it? The thing was, we weren't really sure. It's like... Okay, is that what that means? Or are they just... Is it too obvious? Are they just making us think that that's... Yeah. Like, is it too on the nose? But we still don't really know what's up with that. No, we don't. But, uh, like, it's... I like that they're not really yeah. hiding I don't think, I don't think we're really going to get an answer to that. I just think it's sort of like, no. yeah, that's happening on the Mirror Discovery at the same time. Yeah, and, and yeah. if it's the spore drive that was connecting the universes and he had some of the spore drive connection, it just makes sense that he would yeah. be doing that. It's, it's also weird, you know, when you mention the Mirror like that with Stamets, that's the first time on Discovery, and the only time we see like a legit mirror because up until that point and even after that they have that you know like when uh i forget the episode what's when burnham first puts her uniform on she's looking in the mirror but it's one of those like it's one of those like it's a holographic mirror and she says computer deactivate mirror oh right and then same thing with tilly computer deactivate mirror right 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 so it wasn't like an actual you know it was a it was an advanced holographic type of mirror but But there were some points looking actually in a reflective mirror. mirror Yeah. There were some points, too, that we would see reflections of characters in the windows. Remember, it would be, like, dark outside because it's space, yeah. of course. And so you would see, I think Lorca a few times, you could see his face reflected in yeah. the window right. in one of the shots, which another... Do you want to go back and watch those and see if there's any sort of clue? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good. I mean, they're not legit mirrors. They're reflecting, but it's not a legit yes. mirror. Right? It was more of a black um, mirror. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could... I mean, look, I guess you could say... Oh, I just got that. Um, <laughs> did you see that episode, by the way? Yes. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm considering we should maybe do a, a special podcast on it. But... Uh, kicks. Oh, man. Uh, um, so if anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, the, the show Black Mirror on Netflix. Yeah. The latest um, season. The first episode has an episode that's very... Um, uh, as it's like a not even thinly veiled Trek reference plays a big part of the plot. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting to watch if you haven't seen it. And if you're a Trek fan, you'll probably at least want to um, check it out. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, if you go back and look over the first half of season one of Discovery, you know, yeah, the, the telltale signs were there. But I think that we were sort of like, well, they're making it too obvious. So this can't be. <laughs> yeah. 
they can't be doing it. It's so obvious that that's what it is. And it turns out that's exactly what it was. Right. So. And I think, though, with Tyler, I think it's that rumor that went around with the IMDb page where they said, oh, the same actor played both. Right. That was what, I don't know that I would have gotten there on my own uh, without that. No, in fact, I wouldn't have even thought to do that. I, the only reason that came up with me was because I read it, I think you said it, in the, but I also read it on the internet that, like, that's, somebody brought that up. And I was yeah. like, oh, I wouldn't have even thought. No, because it doesn't make if, sense. Un- unless, so here's the thing, like, unless, unless, like, somebody, if somebody didn't tell me that that was the case, I would have no idea what the fuck is happening with Tyler right now. I wouldn't even think I would have guessed that he was a Klingon if I didn't know that that actor played a Klingon in the first few episodes. Right. Well, now I would have got it after she did the prayer and he answered her back. And she yeah. said, like, the prayer was supposed to work. Yeah. That's when it... I, then yeah, maybe. Maybe maybe I would have. I don't know. Um, and then but... the doctor talking about the laying of consciousness over his own. Yeah. But we've seen Klingons pose as humans before. Trouble with tribbles. Right. Trials and tribulations. Right. So. Yep. Oh, and we still have the possibility that that Tribble on, um, in Lorca's office is going to freak out at... Um, yeah, because Tyler has still not Tyler. gone in there, I don't yeah. think. Yeah. Or at least if he did, the Tribble would Yeah, be. I think that Tribble is going to be... I honestly think that Tribble is going so. to be his undoing. Cause, <laughs> that would be great. Stop and think for a second. Why else is that Tribble there? Yeah. Like, is it any... Is it any? Is it just a sheer coincidence that they're doing stuff with Klingons and they have a Tribble there? I don't think so. That, cl- that, tri- that triple is going to is going to be key at some point. I think. Yeah, I think so. I think it's going to be. The, what do you uh, think on Mirror Discovery? Did you get a triple on Mirror Discovery? Remember on Enterprise? Oh yeah, no. Porthos, Porthos was a Rottweiler or something yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, yeah. I think that. Yeah, I think that that's um, the triple is going to be the the uh, Cylon detector that they never got on <laughs> Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that 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 triples there for a reason. I think it's there for the, it's there for a reason. Definitely, and not just to say, "Hey, look at this kid." Oh, my oh. other thought that you, and you, every time you're in there, you hear it. Yeah, my other thought too that Lorca would weaponize it. He's the one who makes them reproduce so aggressively, but well, probably the, Klingon, the Klingons did wipe out the Triple Homeworld. It's a good reason, as stated by Worf. Good reason. To and Odo says, uh, "Do they still sing songs about the Great Triple Hunt?" <laughs> That's funny. Um, That's funny. Well, I think that brings us to the close of this edition of In Discovery, Discovery We Trust, we... a Star Trek Discovery podcast. In Discovery We Distrust. This is the Nerd Universe version. Yes. The, uh... yeah. Long live the Empire. All right. Next week. Next week.